What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Meaning of Podcast. I am Ace. This is RB3. And this is the podcast where we get into the deeper meaning of your favorite director's movies. And this episode, it's Jurassic Week or the fallout of Jurassic Weekend. Uh, made a lot of money. Not as Probably not as much as they wanted but it still made a ton of money i don't know what what the box office come out to Uh, they said 150 estimates i haven't checked the actuals but 150 to opening weekend estimates hey man after a piece of shit like jurassic world they should be happy they made uh that money you know what i mean oh we're gonna get into it guys we won't talk about spoilers with jurassic world as well as j.a bayona we're gonna talk about his movies he's got four movies and all four of them have pretty good conversation starters to say the least so we're gonna get into that but before we do that we're gonna talk about last episode because the last episode we talked about james cameron the legendary james cameron and the episode did all right it did okay <laughs> we did, you know i fucked up the audio yeah the audio was an issue that. you know uh cybernet was trying to try and tape there was this, uh, sorry skynet get it right get it right rb3 that was trying to take us down that's uh, a missed could, point in the schmodown, bro. They can, uh, hey, man. <laughs> um, guess what? I'm not competing in that. Like, so. uh, let's try. Speaking of that, let's uh, read from Gunslinger, one, uh, Gunslinger 199 who says, maybe try to put the titles of the movies you were talking about and not just the director. This way you could get more views. Mm, that's a compelling point. Maybe. Compelling point. Um, I just, I don't know if it, the title, because I feel like it would just be like, the meaning of James Cameron, Aliens, T2, Terminator, Avatar. Like, it's maybe, but it just feels like a busy title. Yeah. But maybe ma- in parentheses. Maybe in parentheses. Description. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, We're not here for the views, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we appreciate over. it. <laughs> this podcast would have been over a long time ago if we're here for the views. Uh, Gilbert Leon says, hey guys, love your show. I'm repping the meaning of all day. Hey. You guys keep me busy every Tuesday. Thank you. I appreciate it. Even though there's only a handful of us watching, keep it going. Hey. Thanks, man. Hey. That's a really nice comment. I appreciate that. Some, 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 some Thank you, Gilbert. At least we got two fans, guys. Hey. And speaking of one of our fans, uh, Tony Wagner commented. Hey, he returned. He returned. Uh, I gave him a shout out last week when I was talking about how I crush on everyone, and we're gonna talk about it this week too. <laughs> no, no, Every no, week it's precious. a new. Oh man, I'm a I'm a lose our lose our female supporters. <laughs> no, no. Um, Tony Wagner says you guys have to fix that microphone problem. Jeez, man. Yeah, goddamn um, it. He also says despite that awesome podcast is always only podcast I'll watch to the end. And any thoughts on the World Cup 2018? Uh, thank you, Tony Wagner, for saying that because I do have a lot of thoughts on the World Cup. Um, I am a massive football fan or soccer fan. Um, Colombia, Selección Colombia. I'm crossing my fingers. They play Thursday against Senegal, and I'm hype. I'm hype. We just beat uh, Poland 3-0, and I'm World Cup, baby. Let's go, Selección Colombia. Let's go. Hey, that's all. all right. my, that's I my mean, thoughts. I and mean, go, I, go Mexico too. I support them too. It makes so just beat Korea, right? Yeah. Hey, man, I don't know anything about this whole soccer business, but I do know that, you know, countries are uh, represented here pretty well. Yeah. I actually, uh, when I was driving, um, I, was, I, was, I was working this week, this week on, on, on that Friday. I was just driving the streets of downtown. I see, like, it was like 9 a.m., bro. 
in like this fucking gigantic van, like waving like the Mexican flag, like oh, everybody's dang. like outside, like mm-hmm. parading and shit. Well, yo, what's happening right I now? I was gonna say, bro, <laughs> right. I kind of li- this is Mexico. <laughs> this is I mean, go outside and just look at my neighbors, and you're like, all right, yeah. they don't speak English. <laughs> hey, hey, man, this is straight up Mexico right here. The only good part about the World Cup being held in Russia this year is the fact that. Uh, it gives people an excuse to start drinking at 5 a.m. like every morning. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, that's, that's really what it is. If bro. you if you don't have a team, I I mean, if you and if you're American, then go for Mexico. That's my. I mean, I don't. I think that's cool. <laughs> or go for Colombia. I Does don't know. America have a team? Do we no, have a team? we we didn't qualify. We suck really? so bad that every other team got it except for the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> that's how bad the USA sucks at soccer. Hey, man. That's pretty bad. And we got... Because some crack. little tiny countries made it in and we don't make it in. But, hey, but we got a crack top football NFL... <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't watch the NFL, people. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, I love the NFL, but that's not any kind of... No one cares outside <laughs> nah, no, of America. No, nobody, nobody outside of the U.S. watches. Hey, yeah. man, if you're inside America, don't watch the NFL either. Slave owners. Yeah. It's my true. Shout out Colin Kaepernick. changing, man. I, I'm, uh, okay. <laughs> I just think of that song. Shout out Colin Kaepernick. Um, shout Atlanta. out to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Donald Glover, man. That's our Atlanta hey, reference of the week. I, I, I loved watching the BT Awards this weekend because Jamie Foxx gave us the moment we've all been waiting for as fans for a long time, seeing him and Childish Gambino interact with each other. I feel like that's just one generation of the super talented speaking to the next generation of it, you know. Because I consider Jamie Foxx to be probably one of the top five entertainers of all time. I was going to say, I love Jamie Foxx. Like, yeah. I don't know how people, like, I don't know. Because I'm, I'm like, I don't, Jamie Foxx is like, he appears and disappears like once a year. <laughs> hey, yo, but when he appears, man, he shows up. and Yeah, he's, I think he's still funny. He's, even he's, though he's like 50. <laughs> he's, to me, he's super funny. He's one of the best singers in the music he's business. He's a great singer. Uh, one of the best actors, I think, of mm. recent memory. I mean. He's the only actor to get nominated uh, for two Academy Awards um, in the same year for different categories: best actor, best supporting actor. Yeah. So I'm I'm always gonna be a big fan of Jamie Foxx. Uh, you know, I know the allegations came out. You know, with, okay. I was with, gonna say, did, yeah, did I mean, something come out? Because I, I, mean, I never, I you never so. know. <laughs> but I mean, Every time you like, I like that guy. Oh damn, I don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you what know, are the allegations? Never mind. Let's not get into it. Well, I mean, Jurassic I kinda, World. Well, wait, I kind of do want to get into it because <laughs> I right. think this is something we got to talk about. All right. The story is it's relevant to the movie, guys. So stick story, tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> the story is Jamie Foxx slapped some chick in the face with his penis. So oh, really? I, I don't know you, what you, the you context. Had me slapped and then at the last part, <laughs> I was like, sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking, guys. <laughs> I'm joking. Yo, but the pe- so okay, so I don't know the that's context kinda, of this. Yeah, that's kind of hardcore. But I mean, I don't know. He's denying it. You know, he's sure. he's. I just don't know what kind of situation you're in. That I mean, is Jamie Foxx like? Is it that like? Did he? You know, like how did? It was it's the like the, this? the community episode. Um, have you seen that episode? <laughs> no. It's like no. a. I think it's like a Halloween themed episode, but it's like. Uh, um, Chevy Chase has a vision. I forget his <laughs> character's name, but he's he's talking about how he's like my dick's so big and can slap you from here, and there's like slapping everyone. It's like, <laughs> and it's like knocking out a frame of the camera. Oh fuck! And it's it's so dumb, but it's funny. Uh, shout out to Community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not laughing. the precessor of Atlanta. Hey, listen, it's not it's not a yeah. Uh, that's hard. It's not, yeah. it's not it's not it's not laughing matter. I just no. think it's a little extreme it is a little like um, that's that's the other we we have conversations about other shit too that was the other thing i told you uh, last week off camera 
about existentation or whatever his name is um you know like his allegations i was like yo he that's kind of messed up <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I his mean, allegations are oh damn well i mean there's i i don't know man i mean but at the, the same time I, i'm like low-key rocking that album like on repeat well n- hey listen i mean like if i think hip-hop is the one area i think of art form that is a little more accepting of of previous past because when you look at i mean look at the history of it right i mean Snoop dog literally murdered somebody a Tupac mm. shot at a cop and had a bunch of rape allegations, mm. you know? Uh, what, what's the other guy from uh, from Straight Outta Compton? What's his name? Um, um, well, he doesn't uh, count. Doctor, he, what, Dr. Dre? No, the other homie. Uh, which one? Oh, bro. Um, what's his name? Uh, Suj. Suj Knight. Oh, shit. Oh, But man. he doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, everybody don't like him. Yeah, nah, nah. He's been out of here for a while. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I think hip-hop has always been a place that... It's, it's, like, a, it's a very interesting conversation. Maybe. Yeah, DMX and all that kind of stuff too. But That's it's just, um, I mean, of course, it's in, it's 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 a thing of like if if I thought with you know with with the ex kid at least like it showed that he was signs of like progressing and like being sure. a better person. You know, donating to charity, all that type of shit. So, I mean, it's, it, it's here and there. So it, I'm not gonna disagree with people who like get mad at you know at him or feel feel a certain type of way. I'm also not gonna get mad at people who you know are seemingly more forgiving of the sure. allegations. So it's uh, it's a difficult like thing to tread on. I was thinking about that too because I'm watching a um, a Latin X like series of like episodes of like mm-hmm. single stories of. Latino community, because because people, I mean, obviously I'm I'm not black, so from right. from that perspective, but from my perspective, people always assume like, oh, Latin, you're open to everything. It's like, yo, Latin people are like the most religious people <laughs> on mm-hmm. the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not just like open to everything. No, we're we're very critical of stuff. And then it's the same with like you know like hip hop, like hip hop support you know young black people. And then let's let's talk about beating up women and shit. And then it's like, well, we can't support that, but we do support that because. It's that weird like mix. I don't know if you mm. feel the same way, but it's always that kind of thing. Of yeah, like, it's touchy. It's very it is touchy. touchy. Yeah, I mean, there's some artists that I, I draw a line at. Like, did you hear about that Tay K guy? No, he did that whole song. Oh, the, the yeah, I know. What's that guy? That guy's weird. No, did, he's is that the rainbow hair guy? No, 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 no. Oh, that's Takashi. That's Takashi. Yeah, that that's guy's a different weird. guy. He's weird. But uh, this dude Tay K man, he has his his song called "The Race" or whatever. That's a song about him like being on the run for yeah. murder, and it's. It became a hit because he was literally on the run for like three murder cases. Oh, that's weird. And like the day he got arrested, he like put out the song. It just became like super popular. Uh, and it's just I don't know. And then like more details come out. Like apparently he was like the trigger man in a couple of those uh, cases. And it's like damn, I, don't know, I don't know if I can listen some, to him. There's some hardcore <laughs> stuff out there, man. That's yeah. why you got to stick to Post Malone, guys. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> the oh, white no. guy in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Listening to white people. He has the biggest album of the year too. So that's yeah. that just shows you where hip hop sat right now yeah uh yeah. jurassic world guys <laughs> yeah. and let's go to j.a bayona uh yeah or? j.a bayona bayona juan antonio bayona or oh or like uh, like tw- uh freaking imdb says his full name juan antonio garcia bayona Ooh. um or like with his juan antonio garcia bayona his spanish accent which is the funniest accent in all of spanish-speaking countries it's funny <laughs> It's real funny because they have that lisp. Mm. Um, so when they talk, they talk with a lisp. What's so the country they, of origin? Um, Spain. Spain. Okay. 
Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, gotcha. <laughs> right. I thought you knew. No, I didn't know you were Spanish. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, I thought it was. I don't know. I thought you were joking with me. Yeah, Spain is. Spain has the funniest accent. I love the accent, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um. Anyways, guys, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom came out over the weekend. It did pretty good, like we said before, box office wise. They probably wanted more, but uh, last I saw, it has a fifty percent of Rotten Tomatoes, which literally means that it's fifty-fifty. Two people go in the movie. One person liked it. The other person really didn't like it. It's it's a very interesting Rotten Tomato score, and it, and it seems like it's very negative because it is rotten um if it's 50 but at the same time it's like i'm taking that odds bro 50 ain't bad like you know if, if half the audience bro, liked bro, it dice on that one. Yeah, yeah that's i mean that's a lot of people who liked it because a lot of people saw it so mm-hmm. it's a very um interesting perspective when it comes to the critics on this movie because the first one got pretty positive reviews considering that it's in the similar tone as this one Uh, But let's get into it, guys. We're going to talk about spoilers, so spoilers ahead if you haven't seen the movie, or if you don't care, you can keep listening. But RB3 and I are going to talk about this movie, and we're going to talk about our opinion on the movie. We're going to be as real as we can be, like we always do. But first, I haven't heard RB3's opinion, and I'm very Mm. curious, because I already told people my opinion on Twitter, Twitter and I lost like eight followers. (laughs) Oh, no. The Jurassic Park like right away, I, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, "Yo, damn! That was like a lot of followers. Like, usually it's like three or four, but it's like eight. Like, that's a lot, man." That would have happened to me if they would have released that footage of me shitting on the original. Uh, if Collider would have released yeah. the footage of me, yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> talking oh, about man. that much. Collider's uh, hiding that shit, bro. Oh, nah, they like put release that, in the closet. that footage, bro. <laughs> at least the RB3 um, cut. Yeah. Anyways, I want to hear your just. We always start with this. Your blanket overall opinion on jurassic world fallen kingdom well let me say this for one you know my thoughts on the jurassic park franchise i don't think that's right man this is gonna be a weird conversation bro. <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't like any really movie in that Dang, franchise dude. besides the first one Who said that, you are lost no oh, i will say the second obi-wan the the, the the second the lost world is very underrated i feel like that that gives that doesn't get enough credit for being a uh, seriously kind of different sequel and still building off the original. Jurassic Park 3 sucks. Jurassic Grove sucks. I don't like the ride at Universal really all that much. Oh, I haven't tried. Um, I, I, I did the Jurassic Park ride at yeah. night, and I obviously, because I love Jurassic Park, mm. um, I was a part of that that Steven Spielberg countdown mm. and everyone was like blaming Perry and I was like yo that's me <laughs> <laughs> I've rigged the system guys I put 10 votes in for Jurassic oh Park number God. one uh, no I'm kidding I didn't do that but yeah I, I was the one who really <laughs> loved that See, movie I didn't even put in my top 10 bro so oh that's, how I, feel. God, that's how I feel about it again man I gotta quote Obi-Wan on you man well then you are lost yeah. um, so coming, so Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom so com- yeah coming off of the stinkers I was like alright I'm going into this I'm gonna have Zero, my expectations is literally rock bottom to the floor. I expect this to suck. I'm going to hate myself for watching this. I walk, I literally just watched this movie before coming here to record this podcast. Walked out of the theater, came right here. Here's my initial thoughts, everybody. I fucking love this movie. Ace. What? I fucking love no, this movie. No, no. This might actually be. Why? If not my favorite, my second favorite. Why? Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> No, everything. <laughs> You're the one who rigged this. You lost my eight followers, bro. You're like, yo, unfollow Ace, unfollow Ace, bro. Just do it. He's wrong, bro. Dang, man. I uh, genuinely want to hear why. It's just, I think this is probably the most different and interesting Jurassic Park movie they've they made. Like, it, it, they, they. To me, I never liked the Jurassic Park movies because, for one, they all felt like 
the same kind of formula, you know, like, oh, we're we're stuck in the woods again, like, we have to escape these dinosaurs, you know, um, for for one, the first act of this movie, I'd probably say it's probably the best, like, opening, for the first 10 minutes of this movie, the whole opening and the water, that felt like the best Jurassic Park moment to me, like, I've ever seen in any of these movies, right, because it felt epic, it felt big, but it was still suspenseful and, 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 and filled with this tension, and I feel like the entire movie had this, like, dark aura to it, like, this kind of strange derangedness of, like of uh, uh, that just evoked like this 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 uh, I don't know it was like it was like it, it became like the the opening of it was like this weird exploration of like the nature interfering with with uh, the people interfering with the nature and how the nature kind of bites back with like this whole uh, you know volcano sequence and stuff like that and then it, 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 it but it, the second half of the film almost feels like entirely like its own like containment thriller right in a way that. I feel like the Jurassic World movie really tried to go for it, but did it within, like, the park or whatever. But this takes place, pretty much the second half of this movie takes place inside of, uh, entirely in, in one house. So, yeah. And you just see different ways. I, I don't know. It felt really creative. I thought the opening scene was great. I thought the scene where they jump into the wall, where the, the thing, this gyro spirit jumps, hops into the water. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, that one-take sequence of, of them under the water I thought was amazing. I thought the whole stuff. I I think it, it raised a lot of very weird and interesting science fiction questions. Like, our clones, you know, our clones can technically still be alive. Um, what happens if you clone a human, and if that becomes a whole thing, right? Like, uh. I know that's weird and strange, but I was like, damn, that's that's crazy for a Jurassic Park movie to go into that, because I feel like that's the natural evolution of that technology. If you're gonna clone animals and you're gonna cl- clone pre historic things and then they they were cloning a dead body from the little to the little girl right so i don't know it was just weird it was different everything about it felt different and felt original and felt new and felt creative it felt inspired i feel like this was this this movie felt more like a spielberg movie than jurassic world did in the sense that it felt like a little bit of indiana jones it felt a little bit like it felt a little bit like the original jurassic park it felt a little bit like et to some extent right I don't know everything about it. I just really vibed with it. Dang, man. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It's not even like it was okay, or I kind of like it's like straight up like, like yo, I really love this. <laughs> I I gotta say, out of all the summer blockbusters, I've been pretty disappointed with this this this, this oh, summer man. season. This one might be up there. You know. Dang, man. Well, there you go. It's a fifty-fifty split. Because yeah, you hate Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, right? I don't, and oh, yeah. I think that's that's another thing that people. That's the other thing, man. It's it's all about nuance. It's like I on Twitter, I just said it was rough and it was kind of dumb, and I I don't think that makes a horrible, terrible, worst movie ever. Like I saw other people on Twitter, like JTE was like, this movie is ridiculous. It's so horrible, and it's written by monkeys, and it's <laughs> he said that, <laughs> and I was like, it's not that bad. It's just. It's like I think there's there's like people like like another person Roca like yeah. Roca was like uh, uh, was like oh people give me so much shit for the Transformers movies but this movie was just as bad and I'm like mm, wait 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 the Transformers See, movies make this look like gold bro this is, but this is this is what I'm noticing bro all the people who love the Jurassic Park franchise really hate this yeah but like because I, I remember talking to Copster and Cody and like they saw they went to the premiere. And, like, I remember talking to them after, like, how was it? They are like, oh, it's not good, man. It's really not good. And I was like, when I, when they told me that, I was like, damn, they're saying that? I know I'm going to hate it. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I just knew it. But I guess this is like a Last Jedi situation almost. <laughs> I guess so, man. <laughs> the fans really hate it, but, like, the non 
fans are just like, oh, this is this is actually weird and different and interesting. But go, on, but why why do you think it's dumb and, and rough and, and, and everything? Like? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't hate this movie. And I, I'm gonna talk about the stuff I loved. You already mm-hmm. mentioned a few of it, but for me, it's like just the script is just the, the dialogue and the, the number one thing though besides those two is the tone. I felt like the tone was like bouncing off walls like a bouncing ball. I was like, where do you want to be? Because at times it's like a B movie. It's like Sharknado, like ridiculous. And then at times it's like, oh no, it's serious. Like we're dealing with crazy sci-fi stuff. And the acting is incredibly over the top. And and it's, uh, I, I, I felt like it, it takes ideas and stories from the original Jurassic Park. And it just throws shit at the wall and says, let's see what sticks in order for a wider audience to appreciate that. Because I feel like this movie is just so directed towards just like, let's make it big and crazy and dumb, like a wide audience. Let's make, you know, the camera pan from like the Indominus Raptor and then pan and there's the other Raptor. And it's like, Raptor fight! Like I wanted to hear someone say that in the movie. Like literally Chris Pratt like turns to the camera and goes, Raptor fight! And then the music, like the Mortal Kombat theme starts playing. (laughs) Like that's how silly it is. It's like, what? No, (laughs) this is so dumb. Like this isn't what it has to be. And just logic decisions and choices of the characters just didn't make any sense. Like which ones, which ones? The entire movie, this is the whole premise just seems so dumb like let's go to the save the dinosaurs and i was like why <laughs> you just made these things like 20 years ago yeah. like why you're why are you so precious like the animals we save are like thousands of years old these these guys are just like we just popped them out and now it's like no that was a mistake let's just let them get let them die and i was like yeah that that makes sense to me um and then everything else they did too was just ugh. i don't know overall i feel like it's it's too silly for me but there is things I did like, and a lot of it comes with the direction of, of Bayona, mm. actually. Like, I love that underwater shot is one of the coolest things I've seen in a, in a blockbuster wonder. Because there's a lot of wonders in, in like, smaller indie movies mm. that are kind of cool and creative. But that wonder to me felt like, I don't think we see that many one takes in, like, massive, like, $200 million type movies. And that's why I feel like the Spielberg influence is big on this, because, like, it felt like... They took a lot of. They felt like Bayona um, t- watched a lot of Spielberg growing up as a kid, kind of internalized that and reinterpreted that into his own kind of way, because there were a lot of one takes. Not just besides that scene. No, but there was. Yeah, there's that scene in uh, where where Chris Pratt's like hiding behind the statue and it just kind of follows him like slowly around that. Um, I just I don't know. There's so many. There's so many genuine like great moments of filming. I thought the cross cutting in this movie was really dope too. I thought the the scene where. Um, I can't remember exactly what, what what it was, but it was like the auction was happening at the same time they were trying. What were they trying to do? Like it was like Jessica Chat, not Jessica Chastain, Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> so they all look the same. Same thing. thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, it, it was the way they they cross cut it though. Like the, a lot of these different sequences, that I was like, damn, that's really impressive from like an editing standpoint. The way that you're able to connect those two different levels of suspense and make it, you know, kind of grand grandiose in its own way. Um, I also love the kid from the get down. Uh, I know that's a lot of people. A lot of people really, really hate him in this movie. <laughs> I thought, you know, Justice hey, Smith is his name. Justice Smith, hey man. I I don't know. I don't know if I don't even know if it was a good performance or not. I was like, hey, the kid from the get down. Glad to see him here. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's the only reason why you liked <laughs> everything else. I'm like, man, 
the, I, I really was like, why is he here? We're going to talk about the characters in a, in a moment. But, but yeah, I, I really did feel like, like we can agree on that. Like, I feel like there, has, there doesn't have to be, like, one side versus the other. Who's yeah. going to win? For yeah. me, it's like, yeah, that direction was dope. I thought a lot of shots were dope. You're mm-hmm. right about that one. I mean, the, the use of, like, rain and lightning was yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The horror and suspense, the... The the even the callbacks didn't bother me. I thought the toe tap for the the raptor mm-hmm. toe tap. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's my mm-hmm. toe tap right there. I feel you, bro. Because um, I love Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, like all that stuff was pretty pretty cool with me. Like I enjoyed that for sure. Um, but there's a lot of st- like the whole lava scene, man. That was rough. Which Where one? he's just like trying to wake oh, up. Yeah, and yeah. That, that was, was like that was crazy. this is straight up that out of the crazy. Disney movie, that bro. Was crazy. Yeah, I was like I'll that's that, yeah. come on. Man. That is like the whole movie for me. <laughs> like it's just so dumb and so silly. And then the the mustache twirling villains were were just because I liked the villain when he first came out. The I forget his name. Mm. The Mills, guy who who Mills. inherited the company, yeah. Miller or something, Mills or something like that. Um, but he, I thought he was cool. But then, I just it turned too silly for me. But he's not as bad as that general guy that general guy i was like this guy is straight up out of a beam he's so dumb and he's just like where's my money i want my money buried and it's like no well, see see <laughs> this is terrible that that for me felt very like indiana jones right in the sense of like it's just this a totally evil bad guy i i think i like this movie a lot more because i feel like the first drastic world didn't have a clear footing or clear objective or clear message you know of what it was trying to say I think this movie drew the political lines like very firmly, you know. Like this one had, this one definitely. I mean, the fucking guy like even made like a Trump thing. Like when 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 the the nasty woman, the nasty woman. I was like, okay, so they're very clearly drawing the line of the right being like the super military, like trying to sell these animals, you know, all this kind of stuff. And the the very like populist like volunteer workers you know who are trying to be activists and save the dinosaurs like I thought it was very it was very clear what perspective they were coming from I and guess I mean, but at the same time I was like oh man I don't know because some of these people are so I, like I still don't like what is he a Malcolm like because I felt like everything he said I was like yeah yeah what he said well I mean I agree with him too I mean that's I like why let thought- nature take its course like yeah. we perverted nature by doing this. And it's trying to undo our perversion. No, I it makes I, sense to me. I mean, that, I mean, you know, and I agree with that. I was too. like, like, don't save the. Di- why would we save dinosaurs that just are twenty years old? And it's like nature is trying desperately to kill them. Mm-hmm. It's like literally, is like God trying to do? Yes, God is trying to do this. Yeah. God is like, what did? What are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. in a way, I was like, yeah, what he said. Like that's ten minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, I was like, oh, it's making the crazy like save the animals people look a little bit like to save the animals yeah. save animals that bite kids heads off and i'm like maybe maybe not maybe well, we don't I, have to i think it's a little wild to think it's okay to like release that to the public i i don't agree but see i think that's what to me that's what good sci-fi is is like having an argument and a counter argument sure you know, and having that balance and, sure. and, and i'm that. sure there's a lot of people who probably are listening right now and tell me how dare i not save the dinosaurs i don't know i don't know <laughs> i have no idea like i love animals too i'm an animal lover but at the same time i'm like yo those things are <laughs> Those things are real. They're clones. Yeah. Which goes back to the end of the movie yeah. <laughs> with the little girl. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like it just felt very much like let's make dumb dinosaur action scenes for China. 
because it's, it's, you see what I'm saying? Okay, like, well, see, see, and that, it killed in China. No, it I, murdered in China. I, I definitely think I definitely do agree with that too. Like, there are definitely moments where I'm like, damn, this movie's like way smarter than it should be, and then it'll just go to a silly dinosaur fight. Because which, th- th- that, know, that's, yeah, that's, that's my they thing. To like, take, a, take <laughs> yeah. a side. Like, pick what do you want to do? Because I felt like if they picked it and they picked the, the keeping that kind of smarter theme and kind of developing it a little bit more without it being so over the top like like you're the get down guy justice smith mm-hmm. every time he was on scene i'm like i like his direction must have been like do it again but just make it just even more silly like that was the direction he got like i really felt that way like his first scream when he was in the tunnel yeah he was like ah! <laughs> like i was like mm. I don't think people scream that way. You're trying to make it like so over the top. And it's like, let's do that again, but just be sillier and dumber. And it's like, why? <laughs> why can't it just be my real reaction to a dinosaur, which would be, oh, not ah! like, you see what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. I was like, this direction is like, just be sillier. And it's like, why though? Like, why do we have to be so silly and dumb so that foreign audiences can giggle? Like, uh, I, I, I vibe with though, man. I didn't, I didn't really feel the tonic inconsistencies. To me, it felt very much in line with, like, the Jurassic Park franchise. Like. But that's my thing, too. That's the other thing that people seem to... I, I personally feel that people seem to mistake, especially with some interviews that I saw. They were just like, we're keeping with the cheesy, over-the-top tone of Jurassic Park. And I'm like, Jurassic Park was never that cheesy. Like, Jurassic World was. Jurassic World was just super, like, cheesy, over-the-top. And Jurassic... Uh, Park Lost World, Jurassic Park 3, those were all kind of sillier movies. But Jurassic Park, the original, was never like, you know, like, raptor fight or just like screaming like a little girl and running away while he's waving his arms. It's like, it was never that, like, it had some humorous moments, but it was never that silly. I feel like people are looking at it through their kids' lens, where they're just like, yeah, it was a silly, dumb dinosaur movie. And I'm like, that wasn't what it was at all. There's, it wasn't what it was at all. It was know. a genuinely interesting sci-fi perspective. It was a genuinely smart story by Michael Creighton, who, you know, based off the book, and they took it and developed it and made it like a very interesting perspective. Like, where does greed lead to? And I was like, yeah, that's the point of Jurassic Park. But this one was just like, let's make money. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't, wait, take. wait. I got to disagree, though. I think there are some silly moments in the original Jurassic Park. Like, sure. But not was, the whole... The not whole, the... Like, I literally heard music in the theater going, bum, 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 <laughs> Like, the music cues were just like, dun, 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 dun. Like, super silly, like, music. Like, yeah. there's not that in the original. Yeah, you can't hear that kind of music. They're, they're, they're like, the telling you to be silly. But, I mean, the whole scene with, like, Samuel Jackson, like, on the computer or whatever like in the original I thought that was like when I first saw the original I'm like yo what is this like that came out of nowhere that was super silly sure. I don't know I, I thought but I'm telling you man not as much as I don't, I don't know do we I don't know if we watched the same movie Ace because like, I didn't feel like anything got like too over the top for me oh personally. man come on we first. just talked about that I mean, lava scene too the la- okay the lava the scene was ridiculous from Justice Smith and I mean, the way he was, was going was, up that, that ladder ridiculous. that was ridiculous but I thought it was, I mean I thought it was funny you know what I mean like, All right, I'll, that's, I'll, that's expected I feel let like. me give you this We're, let's talk about characters but let's let's let me say one thing one thing about justice smith that i actually genuinely was like all right that's funny i laughed Mm -hmm. i kind of giggled inside of me because i was like i can't laugh um (laughs) 
but the scene where where bd wonk's character i forget his name henry Wu is his name mm. um but he's he's like you go over there give me some vials you go over there get me you i want to grab it and then it turns and it's yeah. him and he's like, like that i was like that's kind of funny <laughs> like that's pretty funny like he, he went from like a patrolman to like a shipyard guy to like a doctor guy <laughs> like in the span of like 45 minutes i was like that's kind of funny he yeah. like takes on a new job every time yeah. just to survive yeah that was pretty that was i give you that i was all like right. all right that was funny that was man. good man. yeah it was like a everything else sucked no i'm oh, kidding man. um let's talk about chris pratt and bryce dallas howard what do you feel that you didn't like them in the first movie i'm assuming Nah. and well, now you do no i don't like them. i thought I you I, I thought bryce dallas howard's character in the first movie is one of the worst characters in a block like I it was yes. so bad like so bad like she's better in this um but it's to me it's nothing necessarily that's groundbreaking or new for a lead or right a couple lead. right no i mean their their love story is always bad and i thought sure. it was bad in this movie too sure uh i think they just keep making that i don't know why they're pursuing like the love story thing that's it's, to me is really is really horrible um but i just say i will i, I like chris Pratt's character a lot more in this movie just because they gave him an actual relationship with Blue and, and with the Velociraptors. True. It kind of felt a little more earned. I feel like in the first one, it felt like he was like the master, you know, like that. Yeah. But in this one, it kind of established how that's really like a father-son kind of relationship. Or a father-daughter, you know, since this is a girl. Um, but, you know, it kind of, it felt like a lot. It felt it felt a lot more developed in that sense. That, I, I, really, I agree with that, I really too. appreciated that. The first one that. felt like it was like, where did this come from? And this mm-hmm. one felt like, no, it's like I grew up with her. And mm-hmm. I raised her. Like, mm-hmm. And show it. Like, mm-hmm. if they just say that, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Kill it. Yeah. But they showed it. And you're like, ah, Blue's cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I they, want her to the, live the now. Baby Blue, like the, the whole, like, yeah. laugh It reminds me of my puppy. And the, the, Immediately, I connect with that because I think of my dog Cora because mm. um, it has that kind of vibe and mm. I was like I'd do anything for that dog <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd kill people for that dog which he does in the movie um, mm. for the raptor for Blue so yeah I, I agree with that that's a very interesting perspective yeah um, no, I, I, I loved it and I loved uh, I, I don't know I felt they didn't give Jessica Chastain much to do in this movie. But Dallas, Howard, Whoa, fuck, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's twice. laughs> Once I'm sorry. is funny. I'm twice. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Unacceptable. <laughs> it's redheads, man. Um, hey, man. Uh, apologies to all redheads out there. Come on. Uh, Stacey Iredell. Um She's redheaded, right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, back to Jurassic World. I thought that um, the way that Jessica. I'm sorry. Bryce Dallas Howard's character um, grew from the first movie to this movie made a lot of sense to me, and I thought okay. it was like the way that she was the corporate greed, the 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 corporatist who was looking to exploit these dinosaurs. Now, after seeing the results of that firsthand, she becomes this environmental person. Even the bad guy, even Mills, even Sester at one point, like, what makes you different from me? You want to exploit these dinosaurs too. But then she makes, she, she, uh, she ultimately grows and realizes that you can't exploit these animals anymore. And then I think that decision at the end where is whether or not she pushes the button or doesn't push the button, all that kind of arc, honestly, like informed that whole decision. Right. And it also makes sense that the you know, the, the girl, the little girl who was the clone would also make the decision to free. Like it, it's a complex, you know, it was like two different ideologies kind of each developing, growing in their own ways and learning to what, what, to what extent 
to what extent they can accept each other. And the thing is fascinating that going into the future now, we're going to see a world where there are dinosaurs and humans, like in the same, you know, in the same environment. People people kind of said it on beforehand, but I immediately thought of that when, uh, you know, different people have been saying what's going to be the third one. And and a lot of people's opinions are what I think it's going to be, which is even more ridiculous. People, people, the big rumor that's going around and the big theory is that the next one is going to be like, you know, like we can't, we can't fight all these dinosaurs. I know what we can do. Let's take dino DNA and human DNA and make human dino hybrids. <laughs> and they're gonna have like claws and shit, and uh, they're gonna run around. Yeah, like crazy. I guarantee that's gonna happen. <laughs> I guarantee they're gonna inject Chris Pratt with like raptor blood so he can be like super fast and mm. have like crazy reflexes and stuff. Like I, th- I think that's what's gonna happen. But yeah, I mean. Let's talk about that. Let's go to her name was Macy in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, what did you think of her character? There's always kids in Jurassic Park, so at this point, I might as well accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was way better than the two kids in the first oh, movie. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think she had a lot more to do in this movie than the, the kids in the first one did. I mean, she. It, it's always tough to put kids in movies, mm-hmm. so it's very interesting. Like I didn't hate her, which is a really good thing because yeah, <laughs> I usually yeah, hate the kids yeah. in movies mm-hmm. um, so, and I didn't hate her um, so what did you think of, of her of her I character thought, I thought her character was cool and like I said I, I really like that she repre- I mean we don't know through most of the movie that she's a clone um, we just know her as just this kid who's very curious about dinosaurs and you know she has a lot of mystery you know, we're, you know she has a lot of history and mystery that we don't that we don't have any explanation for. They keep teasing us with like the pictures and stuff like that. Sure. So when they did show the picture of like the mom and the and the and the and the daughter, I was like, what the fuck what does that even mean? Uh so then but then, I didn't like, get it either. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what? Your I mom th- looks like you. Low key, low key, I thought it was like I thought I really thought it was gonna be like fucking like Laura Dern was like gonna I be the thought the, the same thing. <laughs> I was trying to think I was like who Oh, Laura Dern's character. Yeah, I, I yeah, thought. I yeah, thought. Yeah, but then it turns out she's which, again, I really enjoy because this is something like the like like what Blade Runner was originally about too, right? Is our replicants can replicants be considered human? Can they be considered alive, even though they're not organically created? They're they're they are created, you know. Uh, they are man made. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought it was very interesting how they approached that this time and and how they kind of surface level that to some extent. They didn't really like go deep deep into it, but it was kind of just. It was something that they played on on the surface, and I think, to me, that's more interesting than anything that's happened like the past few Jurassic Park movies, at least. Uh, I know, sure, it's a little out there. How can you clone a human? All this kind of stuff. But I, to me, at least, it felt like something that was a logical like explanation to as if we had the technology to clone these ancient dinosaurs, can we actually clone a dead person as well? Hmm. I know it's just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I really appreciated it. What did you think of the supporting cast, um, specifically the two, um, the team that, that that there were? There was the the bad guy team mm-hmm. with uh, what's his name, Toby something. Toby Jones. Toby Jones, Mills. Um, oh, by the way, I love that scene, the the auctioning scene, bro. To oh, me, we're like... gonna talk about that. I'm saving it. <laughs> okay, oh, I'm saving okay, it. Okay, okay, but right. I, I want to talk about um, the 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 two teams that we had. First of all. You like Justice Smith in the movie. Yeah. What'd you think of uh, Daniela Pineda, 
who who plays a, a paleontologist. I forget her name. I in the forget movie. her name too. Um, I'll look it up. But uh, what do you think of her character? Like that. I don't know. Um, um, she, she plays uh, Zia Rodriguez. Zia Rodriguez. Okay, I loved her, man. I thought she was. I thought she was badass, dude. Like I thought. I don't know, man. I thought she was cool. Like I thought she did a lot of good shit. Like she saved the dinosaurs. All that I was gonna say I loved her too, bro. Yeah, all right, all right. Yes, yes. So, uh, she was my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked she was super badass. More of her, man. Yeah, I thought yeah. she was great. Like I like her, you know, holding her own. I like her being um, very much her own character, and I like her being independent from every other storyline that we see. Yeah, you yeah. know, like saving the animals and telling other people what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to that, and I like how she's still—they have to keep her around mm-hmm. because they want to kill her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's very much like, "No, you can't kill me. You're—I'm all you got mm-hmm. at this point," kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I, I really enjoyed her character. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she's cool. I like her. Um, and she makes decisions that actually make sense, mm-hmm. unlike the other characters in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, that's just my personal take. Um, let's move on to the auction scene. Um, this scene, man. I think if people see this movie and they're halfway through the movie, I think this is what makes tips it over the edge as far as I liked it a lot or loved it to like I hated it. Right. I think it's this scene right here. <laughs> this this whole concept and the premise of it and, and just the scene and the way it develops I think it's going to make or break audiences because <laughs> this one took me out of the movie. I was like, right. no, this is so dumb. But uh, what would you think of that that scene? And, and I just felt like, I don't know, man. Like, first of all, can we talk about the prices? Can we talk <laughs> about the prices? They're like, the first one was just like uh, the one that's like a tank. I forget mm-hmm. the name of it, but. He's like, starting the bidding at $4 million. I'm like, $4 million? <laughs> like, you can go to, like, a Hollywood executive and he'll give you $4 million for the hell of it. <laughs> like, that's so, I mean, come on, man. And, he, and then when he starts being like, bro, they gave us $20 million. And I'm like, bro, who cares? <laughs> like, $20 million is what, like, an indie movie costs. <laughs> like, a tiny, itty-bitty movie. That's how much... 20 million is and you're paying that for like the most dangerous creature on the planet that can kill armies price is a little low and the crazy like russian crazy bad guy villain like over the top russian guy yeah. oh man well again i felt like that felt like an eni drones to me too like so that's why i didn't i didn't I thought but tell me tell me why you like this and also toby jump don't get me started on you think no, it was bad or? Uh, I just I just don't like, and this is a nitpick, and I fully admit that it's a nitpick, but I hate the the concept of like the the golden retain retainer teeth, <laughs> and he talks like this, and it's like twenty million dollars from the man from Russia because his teeth, are, and I get it, they're they're like fake teeth, they're whitened teeth because he's a rich snob, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, tell me why you liked it. I don't know. I just thought it was. It, I again, like, I think this movie had very heavy political leaning. Sure. And this kind of exposed like a lot of what to me it felt very reminiscent of King Kong, right? Like the the original mm. King Kong when they have him tied up in front of the 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 aristocrats and poking them and shit, you know, and chains with selling tickets for people to see them. Like it's you know they they're using these animals uh, in the same way that they exploit you know, uh, real life, uh, endangered species or actually real, real humans, you know what I mean? Trading, trading people, trading slaves, like all that kind of stuff. Like it felt very reminiscent of that. So it, and it's pro environmental message. I felt like it, it exploited a lot of 
those the images that we become familiar with when it comes to like auctioning off animals or you know like i said it's like the reference to king kong of 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 can you um uh, uh domesticate these these beasts these creatures these these monsters um and how would you go about doing that and look at the consequences of that as well so i really thought it was dope also I mean, I just love seeing like the the people, the the fucking rich people, almost thinking they're getting away in the elevator, and they turn around and the thing hits the fucking tail, and they just like all get eaten. I, I, I don't know. I love that. You know what oh, I mean? Oh man! They totally had that coming. Uh, what'd you think of of Chris Pratt being like? F these people. Let's just kill him with the Bumpasaurus. <laughs> unleash the Bumpasaurus. Hey, man. That's um, what it is. And just friggin' murdering these rich people. Hey, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> also, I, also, I, I really love the new dinosaur that they created for this one. I hated the first one that they created for Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, it just looked like a gigantic, ugly, like, fucking T-Rex or whatever. Sure. This one looked a lot sleeker, a lot, a lot thinner. Not thinner, but, like, smaller, but... Had a lot more agility to it. I don't know. I, I really like this new dinosaur a whole lot. Sure. What do you think of the concept of like locking on weaponry and all that stuff? As far as like, uh, obedience. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, that's what they were alluding to in the first one. Um, I mean, I can't really like shit on them for it. I mean, that's their. That's their whole thing. But I, I don't know. I'm not really interested in the whole military uh, angle. <laughs> I don't. I don't really think that's a good like reason to fucking have dinosaurs. You know, like don't fucking when the government. I don't know. When do you think like. If the U.S. was like, "Hey, we have dinosaurs, we can sit down to the," foot. do you think they'll really go for that? No. Or yeah, that's, like, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I think this movie's dumb. Yeah, <laughs> like that's another. Re- that you're you're just you're just feeding me, bro. You're feeding this side because that's super dumb. It's yeah. like no, that's dumb. Yeah, but at the same time, they make you they make it seem like it's like yo, this Russian guy wants to buy it so he can like. I don't know what he's going to do with it. Like, it doesn't mean, like, the, the the level of morality, and I guess that's the point of it, too, is like, no, I wouldn't give this dinosaur to anybody, mm. <laughs> much less the creepy Russian guy in the front row. Mm. Um, and then when he freaks out for $20 million, oh, my God. Um, but anyways, <laughs> this movie ends with the releasing of the dinosaurs into the wild, which was another, just another tip of the hat for me to be like, nope. Um, cause it's, it's such a, no man, no, <laughs> let them, it's like, God is desperately trying to tell you to kill these animals. Mm. Like even the girl, um, even Rodriguez, the doctor was like, all right, I love these people. Y'all gotta let them die. Just let them die, yeah. man. We can't release freaking dinosaurs into. Yeah, that's irresponsible. That's, that's so irresponsible. irresponsible. And that's yeah. kind of like going back to the original Jurassic Park. Um, um, what's his name? Hammond? Mm. Uh, Dr. Hammond's uh, whole playing God thing. That's playing God. Mm. Like you're literally choosing to, to, to take it upon yourself as I'm God and I decide to location of where to put these dangerous creatures. Right. And then the little girl does it. And I'm like, bruh, no. All right, all right, <laughs> this movie though. <laughs> but what'd you think of that? I mean, it, it, again, like I liked it because it made sense for uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character to not hit the Do button. It. But mm-hmm. it also made sense for the little girl to hit the button or to at least, like, have questions or, or feel some type of way about killing fellow cloned creatures, you know? Um, so, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, I don't think that's a good good idea. <laughs> like, they should have just died, you know? <laughs> like, but we got to make a, a Drastic World 3. I guess so, so. man. <laughs> I love how Do they, it for the money, bro. I love, I love how Jeff Goldblum at the end was like, we are truly living in an... Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And then end frame. Yeah, I'm like, yes. Cut to black. With the fucking, with the, with the winged dinosaurs like flying over the sunset. 
there are so many good shots in this movie, man. Like there are so many it's, good shots. Yeah, there's in some movie. good shots. I, I I would admit that. I mean the the over the top moon shot. Oh yeah, roars and the moons in the background. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, man, they're really. <laughs> but you know, it felt like a fantasy horror movie in in in, in, in a certain sense too. And I, I really think that they locked down a ton. I remember um, that when. I, I heard an interview with Colin Trevorrow. He said he, when he was writing his movie, he kind of imagined it as like a Spanish horror movie, which makes sense because you know Jay Bellona is is a guy. We're gonna talk about the orphanage. Hey man, don't insult too. Spanish horror movies like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, see, and when he said that, I was a little worried. I'm like, oh man, I hope this white dude. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what he's talking about Spanish horror movies. Yeah. Uh, but then the way they executed it kind of made sense. Again, I love the idea of it taking place all within one house. You know what I mean? Sure. I just think that's super. You you'll never see that like any in any other franchise, any yeah. other franchise movie. So I mean, okay, one thing I will say, and, and I I understood the, the decision to do this, but I, it still felt like, and I knew it was coming. Like I feel like even children knew this was coming, but the death of uh, the bad guy Mills mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. it just I I saw the and I knew it was going to be like the most over the top gruesome death. Yeah, we, yeah that's it's like always it, that's the Park. Jurassic yeah. Park way yeah. at this point, right? Yeah. Like every movie gives us this crazy, ridiculous, over the top death. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic World did it, which was awful. I thought it was terrible. Uh, Jurassic Park did it, um, but I, I I was expecting it, but I was still curious. I was like, how is this is this guy gonna die? But I still f- could see the writers talk like I'm. You're you're like the director or whatever, mm-hmm. or Colin or whatever, just being like, being like, all right, I got it. What if it's like the T Rex bites him and starts chewing on him, and another crazy T Rex shows up and starts chewing on the other side of him, and then they rip him in half, and then they're <laughs> fighting over the scraps, and then all of a sudden, you know the people, the creatures that eat your face, they start biting on his body, and, t- and I'm just like, no, why? <laughs> it's so dumb and it's so silly that I really felt like one guy was like, what if the T Rex eats him? Another guy was like, what if the little smaller T Rex eats him? And another guy is like, why don't the little creatures that eat your skin, like the little piranha mm-hmm. ones, I forget what they're called. Mm-hmm. That was that's even more gruesome, and it's like Contra. I was like, why not all three? <laughs> and it's like, no, it's so dumb. I don't know. That's my last stupid rant on a nitpicky thing. But <laughs> it just felt like why? <laughs> they were like, we can't pick all three of them. All three of them meet him. I don't know. That that's the end of my rant, and that's the end of our review <laughs> of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Let us know what you guys thought. Obviously, if you liked it, that's great. If you didn't like it, that's fine. I really do feel like when it comes to fandom, it's it's okay to have different opinions. And again, I, I like I like the camera work. I love the shots. I thought the direction was cool. I actually thought the the final horror shots were pretty interesting. And I thought um, this was this looked way way better than yeah. Jurassic it looked World. great. And I and, the and again, effects, I the 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 puppetry. They, yeah, you can tell they use real puppets. And, and, and I, I liked the the. Um, um, Rodriguez, I thought she was cool. Like, did you think it was cool when they were like getting the blood out of the T Rex? Like, I thought it was asleep. a little dumb. <laughs> uh, you thought that was dumb? I thought that was pretty cool. Like, she was asleep and yeah. Also, I don't know. I thought that scene was dope. When, and then how uh, does no one hear a T Rex just scream? Yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, I did wonder that too. I thought there was like fifty crew members there. Yeah, yeah. But I thought I, I I thought that scene was like pretty crazy. Like when they first find Blue and like Chris Pass like start putting them down, and the military guys like all start shooting. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I, I I thought a lot of that was just so cool. Like I, I guess, but at cool. the same time, I I can't lie. That scene specifically, mm-hmm. 
I really did feel like there's 20 guys with tranks in their gun. Mm. Why don't they shoot her with a trank? Uh -huh. All of them are waiting for them to like finish the guy off. <laughs> it's like, don't shoot, but we won't shoot either. It's like, yeah. you guys have tranks in your guns. Shoot the trank and save your freaking fellow military guy. I would have been mad if they shot the trank too, though. Like, Why? Because like they said, if you take like two or three, if you take like more than one of those, it's yeah, like just, respiratory damage. It's better than a bullet. And for yeah, her it's better than a bullet, yeah, <laughs> but like, like still... I don't know, you know? I, I don't know. Like There's that, 20 guys with tranks in their yeah. guns. I was like, you're really going to just let the guy shoot him when you could have just shot him with a trank and mm. saved a lot of money? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, that was my last thing. But either way, guys, those were our opinions. Once again, it's it's okay to have different opinions. Oh, yeah. Um, as we, as I really liked be. certain characters in the in this movie. Um, I didn't feel like the, the bad guy was too bad, but I felt like Toby Jones was much. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, guys, let us know in the comments down below. Now we're going to talk about J.A. Bayona's other movies, beginning with The Orphanage. Now, this is the movie that launched um, Bayona's career, basically. And yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty significant like, first debut feature film. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, this is another... Jay Bayona is another prodigy of Guillermo del Toro. Mm -hmm. um, he, the producer of this movie, he's the one who kind of helped him out for this movie. Um, if you watch this movie, you see the opening credits and it says Guillermo del Toro presents, um, mm -hmm. which is very interesting because that's a bold decision to say that. It's not just, you know, produced by, mm -hmm. you know, he presents this movie as a way to kind of get people in the movie and try to get people to watch it as well, especially after making Pan's Labyrinth, which is... You know, another Spanish film. It's a Spanish film from Spain, because mm -hmm. um, the Spanish people are, you know, they want to have their movies represented as well. Even though Guillermo del Toro is a Mexican director, um, but that's it's a very interesting perspective because you see success within the Latin community or the Hispanic community um, with people like Andy Muschietti, who did it. Another, he, he, you know, starting from the Guillermo del Toro, his wings, and then mm -hmm. going from Bayona too, who's another. Horror director who happens to be, you know, Hispanic. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Getting your opinions on that first of all, and I, and I think that's a it's a very interesting thing because when you have credibility and when you have power to to help upcoming talent, to me is the most important thing. And I've mm -hmm. talked to that about with my dad. Um, I really feel like discovering talent and, and and honing into that and helping young people or helping up and coming people is one of the most important things anyone in power can do. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think that's fascinating. Um, but when it comes to the actual movie, The Orphanage, Mr. RB3, what is your opinion on this movie? Um, I don't really have, uh, this is another example, Ace, of, of a movie that I didn't get to, uh, unfortunately. Uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is my mad this, face, RB3. This tends to happen every Shaking now. in anger. <laughs> this tends to happen every now and then. <laughs> Uh, every now and then or every week RB3 <laughs> hey listen man all three of these movies uh, they're not on any streaming platforms so I have to pay for two of them I, I, and three of them if you count Jurassic World you know so I was like well, that's a lot of money for that yeah. one too <laughs> um, so The Orphanage is, is a, I, I personally feel like it's an incredible debut for for a first director obviously for anyone who's a fan of Biona knows that he did a ton of shorts beforehand um, and the orphanage is also very interesting because it's obviously in Spanish, um, and it's interesting watching this movie in Spanish too. Obviously, because mm -hmm. I understand both English and Spanish, um, but without subtitles and and seeing the the nuance that he can get out of these actors, I think mm -hmm. that's the most important thing when it comes to directors. But basically, it's about uh, a mother and his fam and a family where she has a young boy, 
um, and her husband go back to the orphanage that she grew up in um, as like a way to visit and as like to reminisce kind of thing. Um, it's been a minute, so correct me if I'm wrong. But and then she goes back and then her son uh, basically like discovers like an imaginary friend, which happens to be like a dead spirit that used to live there. Uh, and then the son turns out the son's adopted mm. and that ends like in a wrinkle kind of thing between the family like a rift between mm-hmm. the same he's like eight years old or something like he's tiny or seven right. um and then what happens is that the son disappears just one random day just randomly disappears and she's basically trying to find her son and obsessingly telling her her husband and everyone else around her that he was taken by spirits because she knows that to be true because that's what the son was visualizing um so it's basically the will of a mother trying to uh, find her son dealing with supernatural circumstances. It's very, very, very much, in my opinion, barely a horror movie. And, I, and, it, mm. and it has horror moments, but it's more of a drama with, with horror elements, even to the point where, this is, I'm stretching it, I'm probably gonna have people be upset at me, but even to the point of like, you can watch this with your family. Oh, like there's man. there's very interesting family themes in this movie that kind of make it a, a, an interesting watch as a family it's specifically because it's about the will of a mother mm-hmm. um, but it, it's more of a dark drama than it is a horror movie mm-hmm. and I feel like um, Bayona wanted to kind of get the horror shell and then make his movie and then put the horror shell around it so he can sell it better, mm. which is a smart decision to do. That's This movie reminds me a lot, a, a lot, and I'm sure a lot of people would disagree at this point, but of Hereditary. Did you see Hereditary I haven't seen yet? Hereditary. Yes, I haven't seen Hereditary. Man, man Jesus. Come man. on, bro. But Hereditary is very similar, where where I, I personally was impacted by that movie, and I and I said that, and a lot of people went back at me and were like, come on, how can you say it's horror? How can you say it's scary? It's horror. It's not about scaring you like hereditary it's about hurting you basically (laughs) but but it's like people when it comes to certain dark dramas and family dramas like this movie like hereditary it's much more about decisions that characters make and obviously it turns into some scary moments but the scare isn't what's bringing you into the movie it doesn't make you feel scared i guess you could say it makes you feel sad and disturbed and concerned and you feel for the mother and that's the same way with the with the orphanage mm-hmm. um i highly recommend you check it out rb3 i gotta check, <laughs> I gotta check this one out no, i've been meaning to check it out and, and and you know i'm always fascinated when it comes to directors debuts because you mentioned it's a lot about mother and family and stuff i mean that's the thing that we see in all of boyega's uh, i'm sorry bay onus films um i got this switched up like uh, like john boyega um <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing bad with names today, man. Jessica Chastain. Come on, man. Bryce Dallas Howard, bro. I know. If any of them are watching, they're probably like super offended, man. Like, I really hope Jay. I just imagine Bryce Dallas Howard with like her laptop open watching (laughs) the meeting meeting podcast. Hey, Bryce Dallas Howard. (laughs) If you're watching, She's I, not. I, I apologize for one and for two. Please give us a retweet. We just need a retweet. Hey, man, just one retweet, retweet, and then we'll we'll be straight for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Uh, She's still doing the world tour for Jurassic World. I saw really? on on Instagram. I'm creeping on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Ace back at it again. Hey, back at it again. Tony um, Wagner's gonna get mad. So I was gonna ask though. So when it comes to the whole family dynamic, mm-hmm. um, that being like a constant theme and like the impossible, of course, and in a monster calls. Um, did you did you did you see like a clearly defined like narrative or, or, or a way that they approached 
like what what was the ultimate like resolution you feel like for the, 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 the this this movie this it's movie. it's much more like you know when everyone telling is telling you that you're dealing with grief in a way that that is making you insane mm. right it's the way it's like no you're 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 in grief that's why you imagine these things happening mm-hmm. and she's very much adamant like no i'm a mother i know what's happening you know i can solve this problem i can solve this issue of finding my son you know i can solve this mystery so it's it's much more telling you like i said before the the will of a mother to not let go of her son um even though she's not even biologically related to him right mm. um because she has that maternal feel and that maternal connection to the point that she can literally travel not she doesn't travel dimensions but i'm saying like she can push dimensions and push boundaries just because of her relentless will even though everyone around her is telling her you're crazy and you you're dealing with grief in a very incorrect way um just let it go just let him he's dead he's fine just let him die and she just doesn't want to have that to happen um and it's it's her kind of trying to face off against supernatural elements that she that she has to deal with very much so um so yeah i mean i i I think that's the most pertinent thing about the movie itself but at the same time what makes it a very impressive debut besides the story because obviously it's the story to me is what you liked about jurassic world fallen kingdom and what i liked about it it looks pretty damn good Mm -hmm. especially for a smaller movie i don't think it's too small but it's pretty small considering you know other movies and it looks really freaking good mm. like the decisions he makes um to create certain elements specifically in dark rooms is just fantastic like the way he because dude just dark rooms are like the scariest thing ever mm. i can't like just anyone can tell you that kids can tell you that you know older people can tell you that they're just scary, but the way to shoot it is very distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's great at making shots, and he's great at another thing too in the movie is editing. Like when it comes to technicality, I feel like Bayona is like oh, phenomenal. He's next level. He's yeah. next level. Mm-hmm. But but I really do recommend this movie. I also feel like the performances he gets out of the actors is is a telling key when it comes to a good director. I've, we've talked about that a lot before, but yeah, this movie is it's, it's what literally people are talking about now when they mention his name mm-hmm. people say the director of the orphanage mm-hmm. like even over the impossible and the monster calls i've heard people talking on podcasts about jurassic world fallen kingdom mm-hmm. and they say oh the director of the orphanage you know he put in some or because they want to mention his horror background right because mm-hmm. there's certain elements that he puts in suspense and and creepy elements that's in jurassic world fallen mm-hmm. kingdom and that he does quite a bit in the orphanage as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly recommend it. And it's a very interesting movie. And uh, yeah, it's not too long. So check it out, RB3. Oh, yeah. I got to check that one That's out. That's your homework so, for tonight. Homework? Oh, no, I feel like I'm in college again. Um, I'm supposed to be on summer break. <laughs> um, Let's move on to The Impossible. The Impossible, yeah. RB3. Yeah. Did you see this movie, I did, see, I did see The Impossible, yes. Good. Um, the Impossible features the one and only, the greatest best character in star wars ewan mcgregor obi-wan kenobi <laughs> you know it's funny when I was, you have done that yourself no i'm kidding um i'm just gonna quote obi-wan <laughs> no, no. you gotta quote him you gotta quote him when uh when obi-wan says uh give up luke or give up anakin i have the higher it's ground. over anakin i have the high ground <laughs> that's, uh, that's what need was needed in this movie you know oh come on, man. Yo, hey. come on man yo come on man 
That's messed up, bro. That's messed up. <laughs> um, so this is a real life. Um, it's a retelling of an actual real life event which happened, which was the the infamous. I was gonna say famous, but the very infamous, awful, horrible tsunami that happened in Indonesia. I think it was Thailand. I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna not look it up. Sure. Um, but it's it's based on a true story and it's based on a true family, which mm. is the most you know telling thing about this movie. Mm. Um, but it's a it's known for being a very emotionally heavy, family driven. Here's a connecting theme between Bayona mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's known for being you know family driven and also very interestingly children. You know he he plays a very interesting hand when it comes to directing children, similar to Spielberg. Because Spielberg was known for getting performances mm-hmm. out of kids, mm-hmm. um, like an ET, but it has that dynamic, and it also has the dynamic of the parent-son, the parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to hear your your thoughts on this movie, and and this is another one that a lot of people go back to as a way to demonstrate talent, because when you can get people to cry, you're a good director. <laughs> oh, straight up. Because that's hard. Oh yeah, that's hard to do, man. Well, literally, I was watching this movie with my uh, with with a partner, with a buddy of mine. Uh, he uh, he's staying at my at my at my apartment right now, and uh, I was like, yo, I gotta watch this movie for my podcast. We're watching it last night, man. And I go and like I take a break for like two seconds to like go and like change the laundry, put the laundry in the dryer or whatever. And I come back and this dude's like in fucking like full tears, bro. I'm like, whoa, 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 what did I miss? That's rewind him <laughs> and go back. But I mean, it, this movie really moves people and it's a very moving motion picture. I mean, it's a very inspiring story of this family who Particularly of, of the mom and and the son, uh, with played the son being played by Tom Holland. Tom Holland, a, a little 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 Spider Man, yeah. little Spider Man, <laughs> like the Spaniards call them, Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man. But uh, it's so funny. Every time I saw the Spanish interview, and they kept saying Spider Man, I just think it's funny. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, little little Tom Holland, little, little yeah, he, he, was, he was he was great in this. this movie, yeah, he dude. was fantastic, and and he's still doing his little Spider Man moves when he's flipping on the beach. Yeah, did yeah, you catch yeah, that? yeah, I did catch that. I yeah, was yeah. like Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey guys, I can flip. <laughs> he does it like all, every interview. <laughs> yeah, I swear. It's like, hey guys, you want to see a flip? <laughs> you see and the, he's been doing this since way back he, in the day. Literally, I was gonna say like when when I remember when they announced uh, he was gonna be in a Civil War. The first they, thing they he announced said, it with like a, or it was like after the announcement. He did like a whole backflip like on Instagram Live or something, right? Or what he did wasn't what? it? What didn't he do like a backflip like yeah. on? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's literally that's his like thing. Mm-hmm. Like when he did a there's a it's I recommend you check it out too. It's like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. It's a screen test. So they're auditioning other Spider Man because his mm-hmm. first appearance is in Civil War. Mm-hmm. So so his screen test was with Captain America himself, Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. And it's the scene where he's like, "Where you from, kid?" Like that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny because they're like screen test number one take and they they do it mm. and he and you see Tom Holland do a flip yeah. and he's like hey it's uh oh Captain America crazy nice to meet you man but he always like mm-hmm. all right next take and he does a flip <laughs> he's just gonna keep flipping <laughs> but that was his like way of being like you know like hey I'm actually athletic mm-hmm. and it it worked like that's I guarantee you I guarantee you that's one of the reasons why. Um, 
the brothers, I forget I forget their name right now. Um Russo Cast Russo brothers. Uh, yeah. brothers, yeah. The Russo brothers cast him in that movie. They did Civil War, right? Yeah, they did Civil War. I guarantee that helped. I guarantee they were like, well, he can do a black backflip though. I mean he did a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> funny. That's, that's funny. You know, but it's so trivial and it's so like who cares? <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because you watch the behind the scenes for Spider Man Homecoming and like literally you look at like every shot that features Spider Man, like even the one where he's in a homemade costume, it's all CGI. <laughs> Every single frame of that movie. And is, I hate that. <laughs> it's such a stupid... Uh, I'll, I'll get started on that. That's one of the reasons why I hated... I didn't hate it, but I just... it's It takes you out of the movie. You have a practical suit, and then they paint over it with CGI brushes. And I'm like, why? Mm. He's literally wearing the suit, and you're making it pointless by making it shinier in CG. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, that. I, I, I like Spider-Man Homecoming a lot. I didn't know... that. I mean, there was a lot of scenes like that. I was like, dang, I didn't know that was CGI, but it was. But either way, um, I, I, I appreciate it on the front. And he's uh, great in this movie, too. He, and he's great. In, and, you know, you talk about the visual effects in, in Spider-Man Homecoming. The visual effects in this movie, this is a, this is a you know middle budget low budget type disaster. of film yeah disaster film but when you watch that tsunami scene that tsunami scene feels like something that comes out of a grand like hollywood epic it feels real and visceral and nasty and painful. i mean painful i mean when you like, see, when when, you sh- when they when they show those shots of, of nicole kidman getting thrown around in the water Naomi it's like Watts. Oh, Naomi Watts is it man god damn it i'm fucking up all the, uh, every name people <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry and then I've researched for the show. Naomi Watts, and they're throwing her around, and she's like literally like covered in, in blood. I don't know, it's so visceral, it's so violent. Like, not violent, but it's so like it's so hard to watch, you know? It is. Uh, I mean, that movie is so intense. And and I just feel like, you know, that's one of the things Bayona really captures is like the for one, the whole disaster in and of itself and really portraying how how uh, how devastating it was, but also portraying how devastating it is on somebody's body, somebody personally who who barely managed to survive that. I mean, you know, uh, Naomi Watts' character was just hanging on by the last limb throughout this entire movie, you know? Um, and she somehow survives. And it's so weird, you know, this movie being named The Impossible, <laughs> it really, it, it does really seem like an impossible story of how this entire family survived this thing because you really, you, I mean, you don't see that a lot in, the, in, 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 in these kind of disaster stories and, and tales you know but um it's just so it's just so crazy and intense and, and, I, and i love it yeah and it's it's interesting because when people do real life movies and real life events or 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 disaster movies or disaster events when it comes to big event type movies the decision and a lot of directors do this so i can't give brilliana too much credit but the decision to make it a, a take a big event and and focus in like literally focus in on just one family mm-hmm. well i mean obviously we, we get daniel the little kid who, mm-hmm. who accompanies him and stuff but, right but besides that we, we focus in on the emotion and the tension between how one family deals with this giant situation that's affecting everyone around them not just them right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. making a, a much more personal story while at the same time taking the the macro events and 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 showing that but but making it a micro story about a family which is a very powerful thing and like i said before about the orphanage one of the most powerful things in this movie obviously we keep saying powerful but it's the word i'm choosing to use yeah i mean it's Um, a powerful movie (laughs) it is yeah is the performances Mm -hmm. um i want to talk to you about why we need an obi-wan movie is because (laughs) like a lot of people are i i personally feel like there is a confusion when it comes to people who 
don't like like my movie fight when I was talking about we need an Obi Wan movie before every other movie because it, and people confuse the reasons why but I really do feel like the number one reason why and I keep telling my brother this who's like oh why don't they do the Obi Wan movie and it's like the number one reason why they should do this movie is because of you and McGregor the guy is a phenomenal actor mm-hmm. like regardless of what you feel about the prequels, he's a phenomenal actor. He won an Emmy for Fargo. Like, mm-hmm. they gave him an Emmy because he's good. Like, he's really good. Yeah, especially um, in Fargo. He played, like, two parts. And that's why they give him the Emmy. But yeah. but at the same time, in this movie, I feel mm-hmm. like he breaks my heart in this movie. I don't know about you. What do oh, you yeah. think about Mr. Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> no, I mean, he devastates me throughout this entire yes. movie because he's really, like, on a legitimate search. And leaves his two kids behind in hope of, of, of finding somebody some help. Um, but he ends up feeling like regretful and remorseful of that. And I love the scene where he has to, it's very subtle, but when he has to ask the uh, the truck driver to keep stopping at, at the hospital, he's like, this is the last one, guys. Like he's really given his last hope into finding um, his wife and child. Um, I also thought that scene was amazing in the fact that uh, when, when like every time <laughs> the dad and the mom and the son like cross paths, they like barely miss each other. And it's like, oh man, that, that's a whole piece of like suspense in and of itself right in that moment um when like you know he like he's walking up close to where the the bed the bed the the thing that's covering the bed is closed and he almost opens it but just doesn't so many fantastic moments but you're right with his performance he's really honing in on on um on finding what what's left of his of his family because i mean at this point he thinks his wife is dead he thinks the tom holland kid is dead he thinks, uh, and his and his other two kids are missing, um, and in the same breath, the other the other half of the story, the Tom Holland and the mom, they think everybody else is dead too. So that re that reunion of the two sides, like really, it's very emotional, very cathartic in in a lot of ways too. So. Yeah, in a way, this movie kind of reminds me. Obviously, it's a very different movie, but it kind of reminds me of Lion. Did you see Lion? I love Lion. Yeah, yeah. It, it, because it has that family looking for my family desperately looking for my family and then the reunification at the end and mm-hmm. makes you cry mm-hmm. i love lion too and it obviously features my that's nicole my, kidman that's nicole kidman right there yes she's nicole, yes yeah. yes you're, you did it rb3 you yeah. did it and i was gonna <laughs> mention someone else i was gonna say my you know my future my future wife bro rooney mara oh rooney mara. Uh, i love rooney mara yeah. bro but but i really do feel like it has the similar themes between you know family and disconnect and events taking you apart and then bring being brought back together um, and that's a compliment to this movie because I love Lion. Um, but what do you feel emotionally when it comes to that unification scene, that reunification yeah. scene? Because of you know all the tension and, and, and grief that you've been dealing with throughout the movie, that when finally it's you know it comes together, you know, then tears start flying, bro. Mm-hmm. Then tears are attacking. You know they're going oh, yeah. crazy. Those tears going nonstop. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it was dope how they how they established what's at stake for everybody and how. Like you said, like everybody thought everybody else was dead. So like, the fact that they all came together is just remarkable. And again, I mean, it goes to the title of the movie, The Impossible. Uh, so it's just it's just awesome how that happened. I also love the fact that they opened the film on the plane coming in and just this like seemingly normal family vacation and then leaving on the way out being a completely different, like completely re- recontextualized um, look at like what what just went down, right? Like how how the coming and the leaving, the the, the that whole story. Yeah, it's uh, Thailand, by the way. Thailand, Thailand. Mm-hmm. It was Thailand. Okay, so yeah, I just I just loved uh, I loved this movie through and through. Yeah, um, and and it's uh it's definitely a, a powerful movie, and it, and it got 
you know, Bayona a lot of attention for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot what it was. Um, uh, I was going to talk about... Oh, yeah. Let's talk about... Like, you mentioned a little bit before, but before we close our argument on this... Uh, not argument, I'm sorry. Discussion. Our conversation. Right, right, right. Uh, the look of the movie is, is... I think it takes... Once again, going back to the orphanage, it takes a talented director to, to make a movie that's not the biggest budget ever to look that great. Mm -hmm. And obviously, credit to, to the DP and obviously, but... What do you think of, of, of the look of the movie? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, um, I heard in a Bayona uh, just before, mm -hmm. uh, Bayona said in an interview that he was very much, like, passionate about keeping it true to the real event as mm -hmm. much as he possibly could mm -hmm. to the point that he would put he would place the actors in the same position that the family said they were in mm. like when it comes to like like the scene in the pool like the positions they were in the pool and mm. stuff and like he said like he really wanted to keep it as authentic as possible and not make it too you know ridiculous hollywood mm -hmm. retelling kind of thing right, right, right um which is very very keen but yeah your your opinion on on obviously the look of the movie and it has a uh, a texture, a feel, a color. Obviously, the color yeah. of the movie is very right, interesting right, for right, sure. Right, right, yeah, it does that have... tropical, sweaty feel. Right, right, right. It does. It does have that that aesthetic of like the the heat, the the. Uh, I mean, and that just asks like the devastation, right? How like how hot everything is there? How like you know how uh, flooded every place is in the in the land? So there's there's not a lot of resources. It just feels crowded. It feels dense. It feels um you know it feels overheated like you feel you feel you really he does a great job at conveying the environment the land the atmosphere the feel the emotion of those particular moments and, and buys you into like the world in and of itself i think it's really great like you know you mentioned the dp and the cinematography i also thought the scenes uh like the scenes like when you know of course when they're when during the disaster when they're like trying to save each other in the water and stuff that was very nice he shoots the movie in a lot of close-ups as well so it gives it very much intense like very much in your face kind of uh feeling as well and um yeah overall i just thought the the, the way the way it was shot the way that it it really sold you on this look and of its place and the, of the texture of you know being in this country that's you know not american doesn't have the most like uh and you know after a disaster like this with with very scarce like resources when it comes to medicine and very scarce resources when it comes to um places to put people it feels very very heavy and, and very crowded in the sense of and i feel like every frame occupies and every frame has a lot occupying it in and of itself. So. That's another big theme in the movie, too, is like resources and mm -hmm. dealing with disasters and when it, it all comes down to money, too, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a, a ton of interesting things to dive into with this movie. And it's 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 a very powerful movie. And, you know, obviously, if you haven't seen it, check it out. And I feel like, you know, we didn't give too much away. Yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we move on to uh, Monster Calls? I think that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to a Monster Calls. Um. So we've talked a lot about how each movie has defined Bayona, and I've said it for every single movie, but I, I got to say it again, like this is the movie that kind of springboarded his career because like a, 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 a word nerd like me, mm. I keep up for, you know, for people who don't know, I keep up with like festival stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And I am. I'm very, very into like Oscars and stuff. Like mm-hmm. we know because we did the Oscar thing, mm-hmm. and I'm like into it. Like I look into it. I read reviews. I see what critics are saying. I see what audience are saying. I see what TIFF says. I see what you know tell you ride. What what's coming out of these films and what's the word of mouth and like that's what I keep up with. So that's where I heard from a monster calls. Like a monster calls was getting hype from I think it was TIFF. Um, as far as being not just a, you know, it was really good as Oscar contender. I remember this because, you know, I'm very keen on watching movies that get a lot of attention. So I, I literally saw this movie by myself because I was like, I want to see this movie because it's getting all this attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Felicity Jones was getting some attention. Right. The movie itself was getting some attention. And I was like, I, I genuinely want to see this movie. So it's, it's interesting because you can take The Orphanage, The Impossible, and... Finally, with a monster calls, Bayona makes an awards-worthy movie. Doesn't win any awards. <laughs> like I, this movie did not do anything <laughs> yeah. as far as awards. But at the same time, getting that attention elevated him quite a bit. I feel. But at the same time, every single movie that he's done has had family, parents, kids as a theme in the movie. But finally, the protagonist in this movie is genuinely a kid. Um, what do you feel like overall this movie is trying to say when it comes to family? Because let's face it, everybody on a film is about family. But this one specifically is dealing with uh, a horrible, tragic situation, difficult situation through the lens of a child. Mm-hmm. I, I, and when you talk about dissecting grief through the lens of a child, it, it dissects how People, how kids like use their imagination to reinterpret what's happening in their real life and 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 rediscover that in their dreams or in their nightmares, um, and how kids rely on stuff like fantasy and monsters, um, not as just like horrible horrifying images, but also as a method of coping with with some of the darker um, things that are happening in in their lives. So I think this movie captures that really well, and it really captures the feel of a kid who has no idea of how to deal with uh, his mother uh, dying and and moving in with his with his grandmother who's evil played by Sigourney Sigourney Reaver. So she's not evil. Well, I mean, but like you know, but like yeah, evil but yeah. from his from his perspective. Sure. Um, and you know, and and how he you know, and I guess we're we're left to assume that all the stuff with the monster and stuff is all within his head, like all imaginary, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's interesting how he learns these lessons through these stories that the that the monster tells, and and how those lessons ultimately end up playing back into his real life um, as well. Like you know, he first time around he learns about what's true and what's not true. You know what what you can and cannot trust. Second story he learns about what faith means and what you know and all that kind of stuff. And 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 each and the third story is about standing up for yourself and how all of those. How all of those stories directly pertain to his life, to where at the end, where he has to tell his own story, um, it, it it resonates in the sense that he is it's, it's the growth that we've seen throughout this entire movie. Um, so overall, it's a very it's a very powerful film. I feel like Felicity Jones is not in it as much, but she's very she has a very powerful part and very uh, very much hones in on that mother vibe that you know. And I feel like that's a relationship, the mother and son relationship, is something we've seen in all of. Bay on his films, pretty much, right? The from the orphanage, the mother losing losing the child, uh, the impossible, the mother and the son, the Tom Holland and Naomi Watts, and in this one too. So, 
I think it, it pulls that off really well. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a, a, an interesting take on that for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to talk about when it comes to family dynamics certain situations can add up right because mm-hmm. think about it this way too like it's a it's a single mom like it's a divorced single mom so we have the he's already dealing with the 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 difficulty and the pressure of mom you know dad's visiting and mom's here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. dealing with those dual households and dual personalities and dealing with your parents being separated which is difficult enough for a child to interpret into you know digest so to have that dynamic is already awful enough and then you take it even a step further is that the person who's going to inherit you the person who's going to watch over you is a person that doesn't get you mm-hmm. the, the Sigourney Weaver character um, she, he, he just doesn't vibe with her it's, it's just like she doesn't get who I am she's too strict she's 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 awful like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. gonna live my life and not only did I lose my, my parents get divorced, I'm losing my mom, mm-hmm. and I'm going to live with someone that I hate. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so much that's on top of this kid that it's him trying to sort through it and to get mm-hmm. through it, basically. Mm-hmm. But, but it's interesting how it's not just your mom is dying. It's your mom is dying, you're living in with someone you don't want, and your dad and mom are separated. So mm-hmm. it's like he's off, you know, on a different country. I, I think he's in a different country. Right. He's in L.A., right? Yeah, um, the, the, the dad's in L.A., yeah. Yeah, and it's like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, he's mm-hmm. doing his own thing. He's got his own wife. He's got his own or girlfriend or something. Um, and he's kind of, Toby Kebbell's kind of hardcore, man. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he's just like, stop crying. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is, this shit's hard, bro. Like, damn, chill. Mm-hmm. Like, overall, he's a pretty good dad. But when it comes to that scene, I'm like, dude, chill. Mm-hmm. Like, your son's going through some shit. Um, but, it's, but it's interesting, too, because it's not just... Um, getting those performances out of the the adult actors but specifically the kid which which takes him into you know a pretty interesting spotlight Mm -hmm. because now he has the spotlight because it's all through his pov but when it comes to performances in this movie is that the one that stands out to you the most even more than felicity jones is the lewis uh lewis mcdougal mcdougal yeah lewis mcdougal did a great job and then um i feel like the way you know because it's hard interacting with a character that's like not there or not human. I mean, I don't know. I, I know for the for the for the monster, they didn't. It was not see. It's not fully CGI. It's. Uh, I think they built like the, the actual right. head for it, and then CGI'd in the rest. Um, but even still, that's hard to act against. It's Liam Neeson, right? Liam Neeson voices mm-hmm. voices the monster. So uh, the fact that a kid actor could bounce off of that makes it very impressive. But I mean, I feel like Felicity Jones does have the emotional core of this movie. Felicity Jones um, is awesome, man. Yeah, I love Felicity Jones. Yeah. I've been saying that forever. I've been saying that since uh, the, the the main one was Theory of Everything. Mm-hmm. Theory of Everything. I was like, oh my god, she's amazing. But yeah, I think she's great. Mm-hmm. And, and she was great in this. And uh, you know, she has that speech at you know towards the end of the film that. It's just like heartbreaking, you know, and and um, heartbreaking but true and honest, you know. And I think that's what the the movie really is trying to go for. Like, what is your own individual truth, and you know, who who uh, you know, not necessarily like you know, who who are you in and of yourself without the people, without the the parents around you, without the you know everything else interfering in your life. You have to be your own person. You have to develop and grow in and of yourself, and stop relying. I feel like that's the overall message. I feel like of this movie um, is this guy, and, and you know this kid. I mean, they even say it at the the first line of the movie is uh, this is a boy who's 
um, too too old to be a kid, but too young to be a man. You know, and I feel like that's the position that he's stuck in because he's dealt with so much adversity throughout his life. Like you mentioned, his mom's dying, his his grandmother's evil, and his and his dad's like up in L.A. kicking it. You know, he hasn't. You know, he this kid in of himself. He he's dealt with a lot more than most kids would his age would have to deal with, but still. Um, is still learning to grow and develop and, and, and become the man uh, in and of himself. So it's very, I, I don't know, I think this movie says, says a lot about what it's like to um, develop and grow. And, you know, I, I it's, it's, you know you mentioned Guillermo del Toro presenting the orphanage. I feel like A Monster Calls in a way is almost like the flip version of like Pan's Labyrinth in, in some kind of ways, you know what I mean? Like, whereas, you know, I feel like Pan's Labyrinth was about the girl becoming a woman and 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 seeing you know uh, seeing life in front of her and, and all these images that she's not familiar with kind of as a comparison to you know women you know discovering themselves too I feel like that's what this movie was in and of itself too and how you know kids and frankly I mean this is a theme that's not talked about a lot in a lot of movies but I think it's important the fact that this kid doesn't have a, a father figure in his life he kind of depends on this other male role model and this like monster creature that he creates um, as that figure you know so it's a lot of deep deep meanings I feel like and that's just rooted throughout this movie that are just really really symbolic and interesting yeah I mean if, if someone with a Liam v- Neeson voice started talking to me I'd be like daddy <laughs> yeah yeah right right be my daddy <laughs> Liam Neeson or Denzel, you know, I'm listening, you know, yeah, especially after Fences, you know what I mean? Denzel yeah. Fences, nah. That's crazy, man. Um, yeah, for me, another side note that I want to hit on, and this is just a little detail that I feel like Bayona adds that even makes it more horrifying for him, is the is the, is the the physical change when it comes to, to the illness that she's facing. Mm. I feel like that's got to be awful. Right. Imagine being a kid who's grown up with your mom your whole life. You have a great relationship with her. She encourages your creativity, but you you physically see her like dying and but n- but but you see her as like she's this, you know, she's a beautiful woman, she's mm-hmm. powerful. And then when she starts like decomposing, I feel like that's got to like mm-hmm. destroy you on the inside because you 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 have that you picture that in your head and then when you picture the 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 illness taking her apart, it's like it, it makes it even much more like horrifying i mean that mm-hmm. personally that's what i would take from it right is the right. is the is the the way that it horrifies you and that it almost alters your perception because the the what you're seeing is is so awful mm-hmm. that it's taking away those memories and putting in bad memories mm-hmm. right and you don't want those bad memories to to take the spot of your mom and what she's already done right. so i think that that adds to it too and it also adds to um what the kid's going through and it's also an interesting point on on creativity too, right? Because mm-hmm. it's they make it a point to really show you how Felicity Jones' character, you know, is very much kind of similar to her son too mm-hmm. when it comes to that aspect, right, right, right. that personality connection. So I think that's a, another interesting point too. Now, when it comes to 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 award recognition, do you feel like this movie should have done more? Um, it should. Have, I know it came out late December twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Like I know they. I think they finished it. Like, I saw it January. But, saw uh, but, Jan- yeah, but, you know, I think these days, the whole worst thing, like, <laughs> you got to get the ball rolling, like, October, September, you know, to have a real chance of winning the Oscar these days, you know what I mean? So this movie came out in, like, late, late December. Like, it was like a Christmas release, so I don't know if it had as much of a chance and much time to build buzz and build traction, um, but I think it should. Is there more? I know a lot of people criticized it for being, like, overly ham-fisted, like, being overly, you know, over the top or whatever. 
Um, I thought it was I thought it was beautiful in, in this portrayal of emotion and stuff like that. So I think it deserved it deserved more credit. Speaking of beauty, I can't believe we we talked about this entire movie without talking about the animation. Oh right, right, God. right, right. The stories that were right. being told. Right, right. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Those like, were. It felt very much like my favorite scenes out of the Harry Potter movies are those scenes in Deathly Hollows with the, that kind of animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah with the with the Elder Wand mm-hmm, talking mm-hmm. about the Elder Wand. Yeah, right. It had that similar kind of like old timey mix of like two D animation with like the CGI and sure. It was so beautiful. Yeah, you're you're right. And and it has that fantasy feel, right? Mm-hmm. Medieval fantasy type feel that the stories take place in. Mm-hmm. It it had that feel, but at the same time it was artistically like colorful. It was mm-hmm. beautifully animated. It made sense that it came from 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 someone's mind. It it, it was incredibly well done. It's mm-hmm. almost worth the price of admission just for those they're, 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 they're long sequences too. They're, they're long, about, yeah. They're about eight, seven, eight minutes apiece. Yeah. Um, each one just 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 blows me away. Um, and yeah, I think you know the way they handle that, the way they handle the actual physical photography of it, it feels very, very, uh, very, very natural and very fine and, and detailed. Um, one of like opening shots is where he's like laying down in his bed and like the alarm clock is like blaring red at twelve oh seven the night. Like every time the monster comes. Alarm clock is like blaring red on his face, like half of his face, and then the other half is like that cool blue nighttime aesthetic. Very beautiful to look at. Very, you know, very challenging on the eyes, and I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, it's it's. I, I just keep thinking about. I mean, just this entire conversation has convinced me that, man, Bayona's underrated. Man, I really do feel like he's great, and and I I personally personally feel like I don't know what comes next, and I want to open up that question to you. Is that we're talking about all these movies, Monster Calls, The Impossible, The Orphanage, and and and, Jurassic he, World. and then he jumped into Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Where do you go from here with with a, with a talented director like Bayona doing the enormous 175 million budget, you know, Jurassic Park movie? What now? It's it's a 50 50 split with the critics. It's doing pretty well when it comes to box office. Do you feel like this is a step forward in his career, Jurassic World, uh, Fallen Kingdom? Do you feel like maybe it's a step backward? Like he wa- he wants to do more big blockbusters. Like maybe he can do like another, you know, massive franchise. Maybe he sticks with Universal and does like a horror movie. Maybe he does like I don't know. Like since they canceled the Dark Universe, give him like a Mummy movie or give him something that can be pretty big budget. That's interesting, yeah. Or or maybe he just wants to do like an indie movie. Like what do you see or what do you want to see Bayona going? What decision will he make and what do you think he should do? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been seeing the the whole trend of like small directors blowing up and doing um, big budget stuff. And I feel like the, the trend has kind of suggested that a lot of these guys like doing the big budget movies. I mean, Ryan Coogler uh, is doing doing changes the, your mind, bro. The money, yeah. I when mean, you start money. throwing dollar bills up, you're like, "Yo, yeah. this is dope." Right. I mean, because Ryan Coogler's in negotiations for Black Panther two right now, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Ryan Johnson's doing a whole another Star Wars trilogy. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> hey, well, I got that, that was that. that wasn't put on pause. The, the spinoff was put on pause. That's true. Um, and you know, and same same thing with you know James Gunn's doing Guardians. Yeah. You know, left and right. I mean, I feel like a lot of these guys. Same thing with John Watts from Spider Man. He had two indie movies. Now he's this continuing Spider Man franchise. Yeah. Good for him. Um, yeah, yeah. So I feel I, like he didn't get a lot of 
positive word, as much as like everyone else. Like James Gunn, like a lot of people don't mention John Watts as much. Yeah, I mean, that's more of a studio movie though. You know what I that's mean? That's true. Like, yeah, but I yeah. still feel like it's really well done. No, he, you know, he's, he's very well done. I think you know, I, for a lot of these big budget movies, you know, the action scenes, most of these directors aren't even like responsible for. Uh, when when you really look at the directors in these movies, it's really the scenes in between the action that's where they're sure. doing most of their work. And I thought the scenes in Spider Man Homecoming, like all in the high school stuff, was just fantastic. And I think, uh, and he's doing Spider Man Far From Home. Is that what's called? Home. This yeah. is, should, should, I think the original title was like Spider Man Field Trip or something like that, right? Or, was it? I, or I think they like registered domain names as like Spider Man uh, Field Trip or something. Maybe. It's a much better title than Far From Home. Um, yeah. By, mean, the, by the way, totally unrelated. I have a theory uh, about, okay. about Spider Man. Do you think he wakes up on Titan? No, 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 no. I think that's like everyone's kind of theory. Is oh, he's like, I'm still on Titan. Like uh, after he, he oh, ashes away. Oh, far from Titan. home. Okay, that makes you sense. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He wakes up and like obviously he comes back to form because Spider Man's coming back, guys. What do you know? Yeah. Surprise. Course. Yeah, of course. Um, but when he comes uh, back, he wakes up and he realizes he's like in a different like universe, mm-hmm. Titan, mm-hmm. which is like billions of miles away from Earth, mm-hmm. far from home. Far from home. I I, I kind of my my theory is I think they. I think Spider-Man 2 is going to take place before Infinity War. And then, like, you know, in the beginning of Infinity War, when they're, like, riding back on, like, the bus, like, from the field trip, I feel like that's going to be the end of Spider-Man Homecoming 2 or whatever. Like, right as they're, like, riding back on the bus and he just sees, like, the Thanos ship, like, coming down. It's like, oh, fuck. Because, I mean, I I interpreted the Far From Home thing as, like, oh, they're going on a field trip to, like, London or Washington, D.C. or something. And then, like, they're, they're coming back. Like f- to New York, because I mean, when you see them uh, driving the bus, like they're clearly coming from like a field trip of some sort, you know. Like, True. so I don't know. That's my theory. Yeah, totally unrelated the, to the Jay only reason. Boy, the only yeah. reason why I don't think that is the suit. That mm. suit is making money. People want to see Spider-Man uh, in Spider. that Iron Spider suit. That mm. if you take him out of it, like I can see a studio executive me pretending I'm a studio executive. I'm like, mm, you gotta mm-hmm. keep that Spider suit, the super cool <laughs> tech Spider suit. People loved it in Infinity War. Yeah. That's my counter. Amen. Either way, where do you want to see Bayona go? Well, I want to see Bayona. I mean, listen, if he if he's comfortable with the big budget stuff, again, I enjoy Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Um, I thought it was great. I hope so. You think it's a step forward in his career, to even me, if it has mediocre. Well, you know, Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Yeah, I mean, versus everything else he does, which has great critic response. I feel like you know, right? I mean, I guess the Last Jedi did have really good reviews, but I feel like a lot of people it was still very divisive in in and of itself. And Ryan Johnson still seems to be doing pretty well off there. He seemed to be continuing his story, his the trilogy that he wants to establish or whatever. Um, but I mean, at the same time, I, I I'd be interested to see him do do something like a Universal horror. But if they, you know, should, should he stay in house at Universal? I mean that's I mean if he if he had a good time working on Jurassic World sure I mean then I hate he can to do s- a Universal horror movie yeah I mean because you know really I don't I don't think they should go through with that whole like Dark Universe thing really I think that's a dumb I idea I think that's canceled or I think they said it was canceled yeah 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 but I mean if if they were or he you know he could be one of the guys like I feel like if you get a team like Guillermo del Toro Jay Bayona James Wan build a, like a real solid like director's team behind that you could do something really interesting and i mean he's probably one of the most you know jay bona just watching three of his movies within the past like couple of days he's very much a director who has a style who has a, a sense of flair who has a very competent understanding of what filmmaking is and what can build suspense and tension and all that stuff so i'd, I'd love to see him do that but i'd love to see him apply that to things outside of 
you know, horror movies too. I mean, I thought it worked well with Jurassic World. I mean, I know you didn't. I know a lot of people don't. But I thought it worked good with sci-fi. Maybe he does something else, like an action movie, or he does something like a thriller, or he does, you know, something something of of, of a varying genre to, to a certain extent. So. Something that doesn't feature a, a kid in a, in a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. Hey, but if he likes that too, but if he I likes mean, that, hey, it's, yeah, it's making the money, man. Yeah. It's making it's making it's it's a good decision so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting perspective when it comes to where he's going but i really do feel like when it comes to listening to reviews and and reading reviews of jurassic world Mm -hmm. even the pessimistic ones even the ones who've kind of shit on the movie have all kind of given bayona credit Mm -hmm. or pass whatever you want to say it is but they've given him a lot of like like oh it's not his fault it's trevorrow it's his awful script <laughs> yeah. like people have jumped people on trevorrow yeah they they all <laughs> like i read a tweet that said oh i'm so glad trevorrow is not doing episode 9 Jurassic world sucked <laughs> and i'm like he didn't even direct it <laughs> <laughs> he did the first he one just he did the first one yeah but but yeah, the second but one. the second they were saying yeah. they were talking about the fallen kingdom mm, yeah. they were like fallen kingdom sucked Colin <laughs> trevorrow i'm so glad he's not doing star wars and i'm like Ugh, I mean, he didn't even direct Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, But he yeah. wrote it. So a yeah. lot of people are blaming uh, Fallen Kingdom on Trevorrow for, yeah. for not being up to their standards. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like it's funny how Bayona is just like, he just went, he just he went dodged that bully, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, he did great scenes. Like he did. He, yeah. I, I really do feel like the best parts of the movie are Bayona. Mm. So I, I personally feel like I think he should maybe stay in-house if they're paying him well at Universal. <laughs> That's always the big contention. Make make like a cool, yeah, make like a cool horror movie. Make like a, you know, 40 million budget type horror movie. It doesn't have to be, you know, over a $100 million budget. I, I, I personally feel that way. Let us know what you guys feel in the comments down below. Once again, guys, please leave us comments. It's the best way to connect with us. And with that being said, it's over. We finished. Juan Antonio Garcia Bayona. Uh, we talked yeah. about his films. We talked about Jurassic World. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. And for the Meaning of Podcast, I am Ace. This is RV3. And we are peacing out. Peace out, guys.